Lord be with you. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for our class today. We thank you for um, our, our baptisms, for being joined to the church, for the opportunity to be catechized. And we ask that you would bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, we are running about 10 minutes behind, so I'm going to break my own rule today and skip the song and get us right into, uh, right into the catechism. So if you uh, would open to the bottom of page one, we'll, we'll go over that introduction section um, again. I think that'd be a good thing to do. Okay, from the bottom. Uh, what is your Christian name? And then respond, my name is, and just go ahead and re read it off with, with your first name. Yes. No, no, God, goodness. Well, we'll be going over this every week, I'm sure. Okay, yeah, respond with your first name. My name is then your first name. What is your Christian name? Who gave you this name? What did your parents, godfathers, and godmothers do for you at your baptism? think that you are now committed to believe and to do as they have promised for you? How do you become a Christian? How do you grow in your faith in Christ? Okay, last week we uh, <laughs> talked about um, godmothers and godfathers. We talked about um, receiving... Um, the, the sacrament of new birth, entering the church, and all that sort of thing, inheriting the kingdom of heaven. So let's look at this first full question and answer on the top of page two. Um, what did your parents, godfathers, and godmothers do for you at your baptism? And so we said, they promised and made vows concerning three things in my name. First, that I should renounce the devil and all his works, the pomp and vanity of this wicked world, and all sinful lusts. Secondly, that I should believe in Jesus Christ and all the articles of the Christian creed. And thirdly, that I should keep God's holy will and commandments, walking in them all the days of my life. So this first thing, renouncing the devil and all his works, the pomp and vanity of this wicked world, and, this, and all sinful lusts. In other words, the devil, the world, and the flesh. Um, so we have in our baptisms... 
the, the traditional service has a kind of mini exorcism for everybody that comes in that uh, everybody that comes in will renounce the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And so um, we have these three sources of, of evil and temptation uh, for us. One, number one, we have the devil and all his works, this spiritual source of evil um, that where, where the enemy of our souls uh, works against us um, as a way of working against God. And then we have the pomp and vanity of this wicked world, the evil of the fallen world that's around us, the world that wants to drag us down and does not like the things of God. And then the sinful lusts, those things within myself that kicks against God and rebels against the Lord and would like me to uh, uh, follow after it rather than the Lord. And I, I think it's, it's sometimes we don't always, we're not always able to tell the difference between whether a particular temptation or a particular struggle is the world, the flesh, or the devil. And it really doesn't matter because ultimately these things do go hand in hand. Um, and, and so we, we, uh, we just realize those are, those are what we fight against. That's what we have renounced when we become Christians. Um, and so that's, that's what, we, what, we ought, what we have done or, or has been done in our name. Uh, secondly, that I should believe in Jesus Christ and all the articles of the Christian creed. Um, specifically, what creed are they talking about in our baptisms? What do you think? The Apostles' Creed, that's right, yeah, that's the baptismal creed, and so a, um, a, basically a paraphrase of the Apostles' Creed is used in the baptismal service. The Apostles' Creed is going to be that basic summary of, of, of the gospel, the basic summary of the apostolic faith uh, from the scriptures, and so, um, which of course does mean believing in Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, we, as Anglicans, we, we confess in our Articles of Religion our 39 articles of religion at the back of the book, that scripture contains all things necessary for salvation. And so we would say that the Apostles' Creed is based on those scripture, scriptural truth. And it's a kind of a, uh, one of those boundary markers for, um, for the scriptural truth. And then thirdly, that I should keep God's holy will and commandments walking in them all the days of my life. And, of course, um, where do we find God's holy will and commandments? In, in his word, in the scriptures. And, uh, we, and we are to do them. They are not just there for us to, uh, to know or to recite, but they are for us to do. And because we were, if we were baptized as little ones, we were too little to uh, make this vow on our own, um, then godfathers and godmothers did that for us. Um, and, and perhaps if you come from another tradition, um, this wasn't done at your baptism, but the, the assumption here is going to be that these are things that all Christians do. This is basic Christianity. You know, we, we turn our backs on the world, the flesh, and the devil. We believe the essential truths of Scripture, and we commit to walking in the commandments. Uh, the bishop recently, uh, just the, today, sent out a message, and we, we publish it all over the place. <laughs> it's, been, it's been all over uh, the internet since this morning, um, denouncing the prosperity gospel and antinomianism. Are you, are you familiar with that term, antinomianism? Well, it means against, against the law, 
And it's, it's this, um, this phrase that comes from the time of the Reformation when there were people that said, well, if the gospel is by faith alone, then I'm free to do whatever the heck I want. And, and there is no, we are completely, um, you know, God's law has no application for us as Christians. That's old covenant. We're new covenant. God loves to forgive. I love to sin. That seems like a good arrangement. <laughs> that's antinomianism. And that's not, that's not Christianity. I mean, that, that's, yeah, straight up, that is, that is not Christianity. That is, um, that, that is a perversion of the Christian faith. Um, thoughts or questions on this, on, on this question and before we go into the next, uh, next one that really ties into it. Well, if something comes up, I see some of y'all thinking about it. If something comes up as we look at the next one, um, uh, go ahead and ask. We can go backwards. It's fine. Okay, the next question. Do you think that you are now committed to believe and to do as they have promised for you? The answer is, yes, I truly do, and by God's help, I will. Well, there you go. And from the bottom of my heart, I thank our Heavenly Father that he has called me into this enjoyment of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I pray to God to give me his grace that I may continue in this faith to the end of my life. That's a really cool sentence. There's a lot of, there's a lot of meat there. Um, First of all, notice that we have this logical progression in these first three questions. We, the one we talked about last week and then the two this week. Um, we go from I am to I ought to I will. You know, who, who, who am I? I am the one that received the sacrament of new birth, entered into Christ's kingdom and became an inheritor of Christ's, of the kingdom of heaven. That's who I am. Um, what I do, renounce the devil and all his works, the pomp and vanity of his world, the sinful lust, believe in Jesus Christ and the articles of, of the Christian creed, and keep God's holy will and commandments, walking in them all the days of my life. And so what will, and what will I do? I will do that with God's help. Knowing that we need his help to do these things, um, we're not going to be able to live up to our baptismal vows on our own strength. Our... Um, we need God's help. And, and again, see this, this grace of God's call. I, from the bottom of my heart, I thank our Heavenly Father that he, he has called me into this enjoyment of salvation through Jesus Christ our Savior. And I pray for him to give me his grace that I may continue in this faith to the end of my life. What are some implications of those two, of those two concepts? Yeah, you you are placing your hope in Christ um, because you can't trust in your own in your own hope, and that is and that is what you know. He's the one that purifies us. He's the one that that saves us. He's the one that brings us into salvation. The whole Old Testament tells tells us we can't do it. Mom, we can't. We can't. We can't get there by our efforts. We have to have God's help to get to where God is. Right, right. Why, why do we have the law if we can't keep it? Well, number one, to show us, to, to show us, number one is to show us that we need someone to, to take care of this problem for us. Number two, to show us what God's like and, and, and what 
um, it looks like to, to follow him. And then number three, um, it does actually um, restrain uh, wickedness in some ways, um, in, in some surfacey ways. Not, not fully, but it does do that as well. I mean, it kind of brings peace on, a, on, a, on an earthly level. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we, the law tells us how we need him, how we can't do it on our own, absolutely. And I love this enjoyment of salvation has to do with, with your relationship with God and how it is supposed to be pleasant, pleasurable, and enjoyable. Not, yeah. You know, all serious and goofy and I'm <laughs> being good, you know. <laughs> yeah, um... A, 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 a um, sour expression is not a fruit of the spirit. Uh, you know, <laughs> that's 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 not the way this is. Uh, uh, peace, love, joy, gentleness, kindness, uh, self-control. And I'm missing somebody. Faithfulness. That's right. Faithfulness and self-control. So yeah, we um, uh, none of those things are are a downcast countenance. Um, and, and even in the midst of the difficulties of life, some of which are just part of life, and some of which come from following the Lord when the world, the flesh, and the devil do not want us to follow the Lord, um, nonetheless, we have the joy of our salvation. We enjoy our salvation. There is joy in the Lord. That's true, Carol. That's very good. And... We need, and I, I want to follow with this, this, this last part. I pray to God to give me this grace that I may continue in this faith to the end of my life. Um, we do acknowledge the reality of apostasy in, in our tradition. You know, there is, there is that potential to walk away. Um, we, we don't have this presumption of, I prayed a prayer or I got baptized and therefore... Nothing matters. I'm, 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 I'm in. But at the same time, we do have assurance of our salvation. We can trust that God will keep us, which is why we have this prayer, <laughs> that we pray for his grace to, to continue in the faith. Um, a sure sign that things are not going right is when you're not walking according to the faith and you don't care about it. And you're walking, you're not walking according to the faith. You're not living by scriptural standards. You say, eh, whatever. Eh, it's okay, God will forgive me. Oh, that's, that's bad. Um, I, I, I don't know really about the um, biblical distinction between what our Roman friends would say, venial and mortal sins, you know, those kind of, kind of um, uh, really soul-staining damnable things and you know maybe not as much so but i tell you what once you start getting into a position where you're thinking of your sin as it's no big deal it's becoming mortal at that point whatever that sin is or whether no matter how severe it is once your sin is no big deal um it you, it's, it's dangerous and that's why we all we always have that call to repentance uh questions comments or we can push on for another five to ten minutes uh our, our choir is running a little late today, so we may we may start a little bit late. Traffic sickness. I've been getting texts while we've been doing this. So, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go on. These last these so these all these first questions are um, modern English renderings of the traditional catechism. These next two are questions from the bishop that the bishop wanted us to include. How do you become a Christian? 
When the Lord calls and awakens me by his grace, I become a Christian by repenting of my sins, believing in Jesus Christ for my salvation, and following him in obedience as my Lord. This is really a summary of the stuff we just talked about before. This is just kind of a, a for everything that we just said, um, this strips it down to its, to its most basic things. Um, the Lord calls me. He awakens me by his grace. Um, I repent of my sins. That's that renouncing of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Uh, believe in Jesus Christ for my salvation, you know, which includes those things that you must believe that we articulate in the creeds, of course, and following him in obedience. That's how you become a Christian. I personally like things very simple and very straight, so I appreciate things like this. Yeah, you know, one, one of the things the bishop realized as he was kind of going about um, is how many people that were getting confirmed that just didn't really understand the faith, even after going through. Some of, sometimes that's because, you know, we rush through confirmation classes. Sometimes it's, <laughs> you know, confirmation is treated almost as graduation for the kids. But, you know, some of these basic things, um, you know, just basic articulation of the gospel um, can can be can be a problem. Okay, um, and then how do you grow in your faith in Christ? I grow in my faith by exercising the spiritual disciplines of prayer, reading and studying the scriptures, worshiping the Lord by myself and with the church, partaking of the sacraments, and serving others in Christ's name. If if this, this is what it looks like to live as a Christian, these are these are and there's a lot of things that fall under those broad categories, right? But, um, but you will not grow in your faith if these things are ignored. You don't pray, you're not going to grow in your faith. You ignore the word of God, you're not going to grow in your faith. Um, you don't worship um, by yourself and with the church. Again, you're not going to grow in your faith. Um, the sacraments sustain us in our faith. How does that work? We don't know, but it does. The Lord tells us so, and the liturgy affirms it. And serving others in Christ's name, you know, we, we are, um, our good works are for the benefit of our neighbor. God doesn't need them, but our neighbor does. And that's part of what it means to be a Christian is serving our neighbor. In, in the various ways that that looks. Okay, uh, que- questions, questions on these. We, we zoomed through these ones kind of fast. Any, any, any follow-up thoughts on these? I guess I was thinking about that serving others in Christ's name. That's part of the walk of holiness, which is why the antinomianism is, is so wrong, is that if, when you come to Christ, you're going to want to do good works. And right. if you don't, there's something really wrong. And so right. serving others is part of that walk of holiness and righteousness. It just comes with the territory. Yeah, that's, that's one of the things that... Um, is easily misunderstood about um, the way we look at things from that Reformation perspective. People assume, well, if, 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 if we're saved by grace alone, that must mean that, that good works are excluded. Well, no, they're not at all. It's just that they come on the other side of our salvation. You know, they are that, that fruit of our salvation, that fruit of our justification. If those are not present, like you said, there's something wrong. You know, that, that is, that's a, that's a, um, red flag that there needs to be repentance, there needs to be um, some business done with the Lord. Which, which again is why we call, we, we, we have that call every service to repentance because we need it. Uh, I know myself, my default is very selfish. Even if other people don't see it, it's very selfish. And I think that's the case for most folks. 
Um, you know, not, not, and even when we're doing those good things, it's mixed up with selfish motives. But by the Lord's grace, He purifies us. He purifies us. He purifies those things, and um, He accepts us on Christ's merits, um, not ours, <laughs> which is really good. And you're saying these two were the ones that were at these last two? Yes, these two. Okay. These two were, were yeah, questions that the bishop wanted. Like, tack on to the other. Right. Yeah. Ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, and that's why he wanted them as two separate questions. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, all, all these things in in um, in that first one are are those things that the Lord has done, and then the, the second question is is my response to that. Okay. Um, I am, and therefore I ought to do something because of who He's made me. And therefore, by his grace, I will do something. You know, I will do these things um, before um, I am, I am uh, uh, doing something. Um, we see what has been done for me. And those things grow out, grow out of each other like we talked about before. All right, any, anything else? We can push through a little bit. Um, I don't want to get into the next section, uh, but this is the end of the first section. But uh, we, we, if there's anything else, we can take it. Otherwise, we will head off to Compline as soon as the rest of the choir gets here. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Lord be with you. Lord, we do thank you that um, before you call us to do, you do change us. You do save us. Um, you make us after the image of your son. And Lord, help us to grow in grace. Help us to grow in our obedience to you. Help us to grow in faith. And in that enjoyment of salvation, including those things that come from uh, following after you. In Jesus' name we pray. All right.